Being a Better Man, Episode 21, Neomasculinity. What the? You have just entered a world governed by personal accountability where being a man is not an excuse for bad behavior, where complaints are not allowed, whining is forbidden, and excuses do not exist. Join us as we focus on the actual character of men rather than merely the trappings of manhood, where we discuss getting the best out of yourself instead of trying to get the better of someone else. We have one singular mission, being a better man today than we were yesterday. Now prepare to have your thoughts provoked, your ego challenged, and your character tested. It's time for being a better man. Here's your host and fellow man in the trenches, Alf Herigstad. Today's episode of Being a Better Man is brought to you by the Mentoring Program. Personal, customized, one-on-one coaching and mentoring about anything that has to do with being a man. Offered exclusively at beingabettermanpodcast.com. Look for mentoring in the menu or click the link in the show notes of this episode. Hey everybody, welcome back to Being a Better Man. I am your host, Alf Herigstad. Happy to be here on this free-for-all Friday episode. Today we have another listener-inspired episode. This question comes from a man by the name of Elliot. He didn't say where he was from, but he asked a contemporary question. Elliot writes, I would be interested in hearing your thoughts on neo-masculinity. Okay, what is Elliot talking about, and why have I decided to spend any time on this? Well, recently, there has been a movement rising up that is using this term, neo-masculinity. There's an entire doctrine and philosophy around it, and if you aren't careful, you could get sucked into it. So I thought I would talk about it, so that if you encounter something like this, you'll be able to know what to watch out for and be able to make up your own mind. First, let's take the prefix, neo. When put in front of other words, it means new, recent, revived, or modified. You've heard it before in words like neo-Darwinism, neolithic, neo-paganism, and now in neo-masculinity. My first question when encountering this term is, Why do we need a new or modified form of masculinity? The original one has served me quite well. (laughs) Spearheading this movement is a guy whose given name is Darirush Valizeda. He goes by another name publicly that is presumably much cooler, but I'm choosing not to use that name because I don't want to be a commercial for this guy. While he may be the most vocal advocate of this movement, he is not alone, so I will refer to both he and them as they for the rest of this episode. From the research I've done, it seems that the neo-masculine movement was born out of the frustration of men who felt oppressed by modern societal conventions that would deem traditional masculine traits and behaviors as brutish and unattractive. In other words, by using the term neo-masculinity, they are trying to re-establish traditional masculinity and make it socially acceptable. At least that's what it seems like on the surface. In doing so, they are preying on or capitalizing on the ranks of adult males who are the least fortunate in life, business, and love. 
Those are the guys paying the money. They are doing this by giving these men someone to blame other than their self. Who they are mostly blaming besides society at large are the feminists of the world and to a lesser degree, women in general. They are creating an us and them situation. They're painting the entire female gender with a very broad and very unflattering brush while advocating that men have to use psychological manipulation if they ever want a chance to reproduce. And a lot of guys are eating it up. They are calling this manipulation game. Now this isn't something new. I've always been aware of the term game as it applied to a guy's level of proficiency and success when dealing with women. But they're sort of rebranding game into something they can sell, like a formula. This is a quote from his website. Quote, Game is a collection of socially based tactics and reproducible behaviors that increase a man's sexual attractiveness to women and therefore his access to reproduction. It can range from a trivial aid like an opening line that starts a conversation with a woman in an interesting manner to a physical move that escalates intimacy in the bedroom in a way that is most likely to lead to sex. Unquote. In that quote, the words tactics and reproducible behaviors are of particular interest to me. These are words that are setting the stage to sell you something. The guy that wrote this started out and made his money as a pickup artist, which is a guy who helps other guys pick up women. He's written several books whose aim is teaching guys how to manipulate their way to have sex at night, during the day, and several books are devoted to sexual success in other countries by modifying your tactics to that country's culture. Now, I do not believe that all so-called pickup artists are bad guys. It really depends on their focus. Honestly, a lot of guys could use some coaching where women are concerned. If the focus is building confidence or understanding women better or developing better ways to communicate, okay, I get it. But if the focus of your philosophy is simply manipulating women into having casual sex, that's just greasy. And I'm not okay with that. There are many people I care about. My mom, sister, aunts, nieces, daughters, and granddaughters who are women. And I get kind of angry at the thought of guys reading books on how to take advantage of and have sex with them and other women like them. It pisses me off and it should make you angry too because I'm sure there are women in your life that you care about. Now I'm not denying the fact that we as humans have a biological mandate to have sex and reproduce. We are mammals after all and that is just how we were made. But we are also more than just mammals. We are men. Men who have been endowed with things most mammals do not possess like intellect, reason, judgment, and free will, the ability to create, invent, and design, and the ability to override our base instincts when it is in the interest of our community. These are things that set us apart from the rest of the animal kingdom, and these things represent, in my opinion, the best of what it is to be a man. On the other side of the coin, 
I would submit that making casual sexual acquisition your primary focus illuminates the worst of what it is to be a man. Because there isn't anything special about doing that. That's what dogs do. It isn't difficult. And yet, men are paying big money and lining this guy's pockets with cash so they can do just that. If you take the time to read what the neo-masculinity advocates have written, as I now have, you will see that it isn't all bad. In fact, there is much written there that I agree with. There is some science that cannot be refuted and ideas that make good sense to me. The dangerous part, in my opinion, is that in between the stuff that is factual, in among the statements that make sense, there are things that are harmful, incorrect, made up, and just non-factual. For example, they talk about physical fitness and other forms of self-improvement, which I agree with. Those are good things. But then they'll put forth the idea that men are more intelligent than women and that women in general cannot be trusted. So you're reading along, nodding your head in agreement, then you hit one of these greasy spots, and if they aren't looking for it, a lot of people just keep on agreeing, because it's surrounded by stuff they agree with. Their head is already nodding in the affirmative, and so it just continues to nod. You do that enough times, and you begin to adopt these greasy things as fact along with everything else. It's a very crafty technique that has been employed countless times in the history of our species to advance a wide array of social ideas that were unfortunate. I'm not going to attempt to refute every point of their manifesto point by point. For one, it would take forever, but also... I believe that people are generally intelligent enough to make up their own mind if they know what they're looking for, and I'm not in the business of telling anyone how or what to think. I will, however, offer an opposing philosophy, and you can make up your own mind. There are some dramatic differences. The neo-masculinity doctrine starts out with a built-in excuse, that being the idea that men are victims of society and feminism, and therefore we have to fight back with this neo-masculinity, apparently by turning women into victims. As a man, I do not believe in being a victim, ever. And excuses of any kind nauseate me. Excuses are synonymous with weakness, in my opinion, and any time you blame anything else for your situation, you're making an excuse. Spending energy complaining about it rather than designing ways of overcoming it. Yes, of course, society is different today than it was 50 years ago. As a result, both men and women behave a little differently. Our priorities have shifted, and our focus has been altered somewhat. Big deal. The same can be said of every single generation going back to the dawn of time. True, in the last 50 years, things have changed more than ever before because of advances in technology, but still, that cannot be an excuse. I maintain that while times change and society changes around us, biologically, we are the exact same creature we were 5,000 years ago. I have seen no evidence of human evolution during that time. 
Therefore, when it comes to the relationship between men and women, at its core, it remains unchanged as well. It may seem different on the surface, but down deep, as a species, we still operate the same that we always have. Which is why here at Being a Better Man, I say, if you develop yourself, if you make your personal daily improvement as a man your priority, then all the other areas of your life will fall into place as a result, including your love life and your business life. I would also submit that people who are followers of the neo-masculinity movement are being run by something. They are being run by fear. Indeed, I believe it was spawned by fear, the whole thing. Like, oh no, for the first time in humanity, women are in charge of their own reproductive choices. They're actually being discriminating about the men they choose to be with and coming into their own power as humans. This cannot be. What if I'm suddenly not good enough? What if they don't choose me? We have to do something. See, that's fear. And guys, I'm suggesting that you do not allow yourself to be run by fear. If the woman you desire has elevated expectations, then I guess you have to rise to meet those expectations. Women are under no obligation to like you just because you are breathing. If you want an exceptional woman, then you have to first be an exceptional man. The neo-masculine crowd like to equate us with animals in our more base operating systems. Okay, let's take a look at that for a minute. Birds. Do you know that in the wild, female birds make all of the reproductive choices? The males have the fancy plumage and the exotic mating dances. They compete with all the other males, but the final choice is up to the female. Likewise, most all other wild female animals only mate when they agree to it. That's why male animals fight. They have to win the right to reproduce by being the best. In that sense, we are still animals. The right to choose belongs to the woman. It's hers. We as men have to make ourselves worthy. If we want to be noticed, we have to be exceptional in every way. Physically, mentally, socially, financially, and emotionally. I personally do not want my granddaughters settling for less than that. Do you? You're not going to find the answer in a book about how to have sex in Australia. You will find the answer in the mirror. You already possess everything you need to be successful. You just have to realize it and implement it. That's why I started this podcast, because I believe that if we truly want to be as exceptional as we can... And the only true measure of that improvement is ourself. We cannot compare ourselves to anyone else. We just have to keep being a better man today than we were yesterday. I could go on and on about this topic, but I won't. Consider it the beginning of a conversation. Because the more I learn about this movement, the more things I see that need to be addressed. But I can't do it all in one day. So that'll give you some things to think about as you go into this weekend. Thanks to Elliot again for filling out the form on the website and asking this question. And I welcome any feedback or questions on this topic. Let me know if you'd like to hear more about it. Just head over to the website at beingabettermanpodcast.com. Look for Contact ALF in the menu. Pick the form that suits you best and write me. You're also welcome to join the Facebook page and join the email list. 
Also, do me a favor and tell somebody about this podcast. Subscribe to it on iTunes. I learned recently when iTunes was down for a couple days, I had a new episode that wasn't showing up. But if you are subscribed, you will have access to this content regardless of what else is going on. And give me a rating and review while you're over there as well. Well, that's it for today, guys. Now, go out there and be a better man today than you were yesterday. Until next time, this is Alf Herigstad signing out.